This show is a proud member of the 143 Podcast Network. Enjoy the show. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Paul and Michael occasionally save the world. Here we are back again already with the second episode of the relaunched, all new, all different, still pretty much the same, Paul and Michael Occasionally Save the World, now known as Save the World for the sake of making it a little bit shorter. How are you doing tonight, Sparky? I am doing well. It's a late night for me, but I'm not unused to it. My wife is a night owl. And that means I kind of have to be a night owl, and I'll get to be an early riser also. So I get the best of both yeah. worlds. I, I've lived that life. Uh, fortunately, now my wife has typically settled into going to bed at a little bit more reasonable of an hour. But uh, we used to have late nights, regardless of if I had to get up at 4 a.m. or not. Nowadays, uh, usually she gets to bed a little bit better. So I still can't go to bed early when I have to be up that early, but uh, it's better than being up real late. But yeah, so I, I had a late night at work tonight, and I texted you out of the blue and said, do you want to record? And uh, you were foolish enough to say yes, and here we are. Yeah, that's the way I feel. <laughs> but I'm happy to do it. I've been excited to talk to you since the last time we did it. Yeah, I am fired up since we've done this. Uh, and that's actually sort of what I want to talk about to start with, is why I've been fired up. This is just kind of a piece in a, in a bigger thing for me that's been ongoing and building for some time, but I feel like I'm kind of getting to the point of, I don't know, a level of enlightenment with it, perhaps. Um, but for some time, uh, I, I don't know, it's hard to put an exact time on it, but say for a year or so, I've been really doing some thinking and some soul searching and thinking about things uh, like how I spend my time. Um, and, it, you know, not just with leisure activities, but uh, it kind of started with you know, I've been at my job for a long time and I was thinking, should I be trying to develop myself and do the most that I can do? Should I just do my job well, but kind of not do the level that I could do because I need to focus more on my home life? Um, you know, like what's the balance of everything? Um, you know, with my home life, should I keep podcasting? Should I podcast more? Or should I podcast less? Should I keep reading comics? Should I, you know, like all these different things that take my time. That's been one of the things. Uh, but I think that that first thing I said where with work, I was questioning, should I drive myself to develop and continue to improve or should I more or less coast? And I got, you know, I was thinking about that and, you know, why, what would the reasons be for either one? And, you know, I started thinking about, well, if, if I work on developing the right things, I'm developing myself and that's going to affect me outside of work also. True. And it's going to make me better at my job inside of work. And that was kind of what, what started instigating the thing that I've already talked about. Um, I, I know I talked about in the last episode, I have more otherwise, but, uh, Getting myself to slow down, read more real books, less instant gratification stuff, but really kind of slow my mind down, or not slow my mind down, slow the input down and make my mind work more. Because I was realizing that I that I had difficulty focusing like I used to. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to develop yourself if you can't focus? Uh, so that's it, it's something I've been thinking of a lot. I, I've gradually progress a little more and a little more and a little more. And recently 
we had, uh, you know, all these different things kind of come to a head and it instigated our decision to do what we're doing and to start doing this podcast thing on our own. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed podcasting, uh, you know, particularly, you know, we, we found each other and, uh, you know, so we're enjoying doing what we're doing here. But even with enjoying it, there was something that was making podcasting a net negative for me mm-hmm. and kind of analyzing that with some other external factors, I finally realized uh, that part of it was releasing our podcast with another network and just kind of other things that had associated with it. I didn't, I guess ultimately I didn't really feel like that was my place anymore. So just making a shift and doing it ourselves, that's why I'm all fired up is, is I realized that a lot of the things that I was um, pegging these negative feelings on, it's not that they weren't things I was frustrated about, but it was the wrong thing. And I just re- uh, ultimately realized that shifting off onto our own to where we're doing this for us and not for somebody else is really what made the difference. And and these other things were, you know, factors in a, in a, how I felt about other stuff, but really didn't need to have any bearing on the podcasting. So that was a big shift. And I shared this with you through text some earlier, but you know, with all this introspection I've been doing, I've been really thinking about just so many different things. And, uh, I've just had this weird ball of all these different things pointing in the same direction. Uh, so, you know, my podcast listening habits, I tend to focus on listening more to one podcast rather than listening to a whole bunch of them. I'd rather listen to a bunch of episodes of one podcast than, you know, constantly be putting all this different input in my head. I tend to not listen to a wide breadth of podcasts anyway. So even if I'm listening more than one, it's probably two, maybe three, but you're probably pushing it there. Uh, I have no desire to put that, you know, too many different kinds of input into my brain from that because, you know, once again, with balancing, not over cramming the information, that's one of the areas that I, I don't want to expand in. Mm-hmm. But so I, I realized I wasn't really enjoying the stuff I was listening to for, there was a podcast I was listening to for a while. That was a newer one, um, about a video game essentially. And they haven't put out new episodes for a while. So I stopped listening to that. Um, I tried kind of kicked around trying a couple different things. I went back to this one called the art of manliness, which I right. recommended that episode to you. Yeah. And cause you know, I'm thinking about what, what can I do to, to better myself? And that's essentially what that podcast is about, is how to be a better man. Um, so I, I went back to listening to it. And the first episode I listened to was about anger and eliminating anger from your life. Mm-hmm. But what was really crazy is all the stuff that they talked about is stuff that on my own from observing myself, from observing uh, other people that I'm close to, especially the people whose anger I actually have to deal with. I was figuring all these things out through my own observations. Uh, things like perspective is huge in whether or not you're angry about something. Um, you know, empathy is, is huge. Like a, a lot of these different things. And I was just blown away by listening to that. And it made me feel so good to have all these thoughts that I had in my head kind of reaffirmed. Uh, kind of made me feel good to realize like I was figuring this stuff out on my own as well. Um, 
But so, I mean, that was one that really resonated with me. And I kept on listening. And uh, there was another episode about passion and about exploring your passion um, and how easy it is to do that wrong in a way that ends up making something you were passionate about something you're not passionate about anymore. And <laughs> then I, I had a meeting with my boss today. I was asking him some stuff kind of for personal development like that. Like, you know, what do you do with your time? Um, what, what do you do? You know, like, how do you feel about uh, the need to unplug and to eliminate distractions? And you know, ask him some stuff like that. The last meeting that we had, he had given all of us uh, a book about finding our strengths. And our assignment for the next meeting was to read a portion of it and then take this assessment that tells you what your five strengths are out of these 34 different strengths that things are broken down into. Uh, because ultimately you get more out of yourself by focusing on developing your strengths than you do trying to overcome your weaknesses. So that's tying in with everything that's going on in my head. Um, and just since uh, my, my boss is, has only been my boss for a little bit, he's a, a newer boss to me, and uh, the difference in, in engagement and, um, you know, challenge and, and all that stuff with, with him prior, you know, compared to my old bosses is, is huge. So like, just all these things are coming together, like at the same time. I, I, I start listening to this podcast again, and that lends into what I'm thinking. Um the way I interact with my boss and the way he's challenging us to develop as individuals. Um, it's like all these things are falling into place at the same time and it blows me away. And I feel like I'm in a place where I'm really recognizing a lot of things that, that need to change or that aren't, aren't worth spending my time on or that are distractions. Um, and I'm getting the the courage and the strength to make those changes now. Mm -hmm. So that, that's why I was really eager to record tonight. Is I'm just like my mind is like. Phew. It's good. It's good to take a step back and think about things like that. I, I we've talked a lot about this. I mean, it goes back to when we talked about the the spinning plates uh, uh, illustration that your boss had shared with you, and that podcast that you recommended, Art of Manliness. I've listened to it before. This was a really good episode. Um, I identified with some of the descriptions of the way different people handle their anger. I'm more of a, uh, more of a bottle it up and <laughs> hold on to it until it explodes kind of person. Um, I try to be more level headed, uh, but it was really good to, to listen to. And I'm going to try to keep keep an eye on that podcast. Uh, I've slowed down a lot of, on a lot of things like that. Do you feel that since you've tried to slow down the intake and focus more on like one thing at a time? And one, one of the good things about like listening to a podcast, like several episodes in a row is you, you feel like you're kind of in a dialogue, one sided dialogue, but you're, you're getting more out of it. And like you're, you're, when you slow down and you're reading your comics or books, do you feel like you are getting more of an appreciation for what you're doing than when you were just trying to absorb all kinds of stuff as much as you can all the time? Yeah, very much so. Um, it's, it's, it's been a weird few months. I mean, you know, winter's tough in Maine. Holiday season is busy with my job. 
Uh, a lot of these things combined up. Plus, I've, I've been sick this year, like I'm usually not. So that that's made it really hard too. Um, you know, just time wise and getting stuff done or whatnot. So it's been a kind of a weird few months um, in general. So my time has been a little bit more limited. I mean, like the I, I was sick for almost two weeks where I was sick enough that I didn't even want to do anything. I didn't want to read or play a game or watch TV or anything. You know, I mean, I just didn't care. And, uh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, odd for me, but with, with making all these changes, um, I think a good example for me right now is listening to, um, podcasts about something that I like for entertainment, like comic books is going to be the easy one for us to talk about. Um, I kind of realized I don't think I want that anymore. There's a podcast that I listened to some and I liked and I, I would recommend it. It's uh, the Talking Joe podcast. Have you been listening to that? That one I'm not familiar with. I'm familiar with the, um, oh, what's it called? Ajax. I, let me look it up. I still got it. Yeah, Talking Joe. So Talking Joe is a podcast about the old G.I. Joe comics. They're, they're reading oh, yeah, them yeah, yeah. from yeah. one on, you know? Um, and I, I love that approach of like, hey, we're starting from the beginning and we're reading it. Um, and super good podcast. Like I really enjoy them. But, uh, the problem was is, uh, I was trying to make myself read these old G.I. Joe comics. I was enjoying reading them, but I was reading them by subscribing to Comixology Unlimited, which isn't expensive, but it costs six bucks a month. So I'm paying monthly for it. So then I feel the pressure to utilize it. Um, but I have over 400 things on Comixology that I've purchased that I haven't read. I have, you know, a handful of new comics to read, not too many. Um, I have a crap load of trades and stuff on my bookshelf. So, you know, so I'm sitting there going like, okay, I'm getting too, too many things to read. I don't have time to enjoy. So why am I pushing myself to do this? So, you know, even though I enjoy just listening to them, I don't really want to force myself to read the GI Joe comics right now, but then I was thinking about it more and, you know, even if I do want to read them, I don't need to listen to a podcast to cram more in my head. Mm -hmm. Like I'm reading the comics. Like what, why why do I need more than that? And I'm not saying by any means that anybody should or should not do that because it's what does or does not work for me. Everybody's going to have different approaches. You know, I was also thinking about talking to another fellow we know and, you know, he likes this and this and this in his podcast. You know, he wants them to be kind of concise and, and pointed. And then another fellow we know doesn't like that. He likes the podcast where people are just getting on chatting. Yeah. Well, those yeah. are two very different things, you know, and I kind of realized rather than hear a concise review of things, like I'd rather hear people talk. You know, I'd rather hear the chatting, maybe not as loose as, as this other friend of ours, but um, that's where like the Art of Manliness podcast is kind of awesome for me right now because everything is about some kind of self-improvement to some extent, even if it doesn't resonate directly with me. Um, but it's it's more purposeful for me right now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't need to spend my podcast time listening to something that is just doubling down on my comic reading time. I... You know, I I focus. I'm focusing on playing one video game, and I have a few other games that I want to play. But like, I'm just going to focus on this one right now and shift over to another one when I want to. But not try to play them all at the same time. I let my PlayStation Plus membership lapse because 
why do I need it? Like, I'm getting free games every month, and that's awesome, except I don't play them ever. Because it's just more pressure to, to, to do something that I may or may not want to do. I have video games that I own that I paid money for that I want to play. I don't need to spend, you know, 60 bucks a year to get games that I don't want to play, but then feel like I have to p- play them because I'm spending that money. Yeah. So the more I narrow down those things, the more I, I remove negative external factors that are bogging down my enjoyment of stuff. And the more it leaves me the mental capacity and the time to enjoy things more. I've been reading, uh, the boys of summer. I'm about a hundred pages away from finishing that book. I haven't finished a book in quite a long time. So I'm very excited about finishing that. And I have so many other books that I want to read let alone with just this kind of, you know, self-improvement awakening. There are a lot of books in that realm that I want to read right now. Uh, but the experience of reading The Boys of Summer and slowing down my brain, processing everything and like having to really like, you know, make your brain work and, and chew these thoughts out in a much slower process is just... Like, it really reminds me of something that I've been missing, something that's been diluted over these years as technology develops and, and you know, social media is in our face all the time. And, uh, you know, news has turned into, you know, just little text snippets of... Clickbait. You know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I mean, everything is just so quick and instant and right now and in my face and they, all that stuff is pointless, you know? So it's been very different. So like I'm reading Northlanders. Yeah. Volume volume three. So like as as I was telling you, there there's the trades that you read that I think there's like seven trades. Something like but that. But the volumes that I've been reading, there's three volumes that collect the whole run of seven trades, I believe it is. Um and I'm on the last one of those. And uh, I I have it through Hoopla. So Hoopla, I get three downloads a month now. And at the beginning of the month, I was like, Well, I know I'm gonna read this. And uh, I got the last two issues of, of Grass King. So I just went bang, 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 got them all. Read the first two issues of Grass, or the last two issues of Grass Kings. Done with that. That was quick. And then all of a sudden I realized, hey, I'm, I'm, uh, four days away from Northlanders being due back, which means it's, you know, gonna delete off my tablet. And I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. And it's not the end of the world if I don't, because all I have to do is wait till the beginning of the next month and I can download it again. But as like I, I got it because I want to read it. I don't really want to waste one of my three downloads when I know I have other stuff kind of that I would like to read. Yeah, um, you're taking away from something you can do <laughs> next month. Exactly. So and it may be something I need. It maybe you know maybe next month I don't really care. Um, but so I said I could do this. Yeah, I could read this. So I started reading it, and you know I knew when I started that if I was diving into it and I wasn't enthralled and moving through quickly. I would just say, ah, oh, whatever, screw it. I'm not going to finish it in time. I'll pick it up again. But I was able to blow through like 100 pages in the first day. I have about 100 pages left. Today was the second day that I focused on reading it. So no problem. I'll get that all done. But narrowing my focus, not feeling pressured to read something else. I'm not pressured by, I have Comixology Unlimited and I need to read that. I'm not pressured by a growing stack of monthly comics. I'm not pressured by anything. I'm not pressured by having to read comics for a podcast. I've got no pressure. And I've been enjoying it. I've been enjoying Northlanders yeah. greatly because I'm not pressured to move on to something else. I do want to move back to finishing The Boys of Summer. I'm going to mail that book off to uh, 
to a friend of mine so he can read it after I finish it. <clears throat> so, but I, I'm able to make those shifts because I don't have so many things coming at me where I, I feel obligated. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. And then my mind is so, you know, monopolized by all those things that I don't have time for focusing on other stuff or just for some freedom. The other night I, uh, this is in the midst of all this kind of mental awakening that I've been going through, but, uh, I didn't have to work too early the next day. I had had a lot of, a lot of stress on my plate that day. That wasn't really my stress necessarily, mm-hmm. but it, it, it weighed on me and it wasn't something, <coughs> excuse me. It wasn't something that, um, mentally had to linger, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, like, it's done in past and it's not mentally bothering me anymore, but it wore me out, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I'm to the end of the day and I'm just worn out. And my wife wants me to go to the store to get something for her. Uh, so I go out and I get something and at the grocery store, I'm looking at the alcohol aisle thinking like, you know, what, what might I like? Cause I've had a trouble figuring out what I might like to drink. Um, cause I don't drink very much. Um, and with my, my, dietary limitations, the stuff that I used to would like to drink, I can't. So I'm looking, I'm like, ah, I, I can never pull the bottle, uh, pull, pull the bottle, pull the trigger on spending 20 bucks on a bottle of booze. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, I'm always like, ah, I, I don't like it enough, you know? So I didn't get anything. And, I, and then I leave. And as I, I'm leaving, I decide to go down to this uh, convenience store at a gas station down the street where they have those little tiny bottles. Yeah. Um, and I ended up, uh, I looked at the other stuff they had. And I got a bottle of white rum. Hmm. Um, went home, you know, made myself a rum and Coke, watched some TV with my wife. She went to bed and like, I just knew it was one of those nights where I needed a night to just mentally be free for a while. Yeah. To just like, not, not just to relax and catch up on a TV show. Not, you know, like, uh, not to focus on reading a book, just to mentally be free. Usually those nights I'll throw on headphones and just listen to music while doing whatever else that I do. And, uh, so I did that that night. You know, I, I had that drink. I didn't drink very much. Uh, I just had like one rum and Coke and she went to bed. I played video games for a while while listening to some hip hop and just had that time to mentally be free. I wasn't trying to read stuff. I wasn't trying to watch stuff. I wasn't trying to fulfill mental obligations. And it's just, it's amazing. Just to have that little bit of, it's kind of like a uh, re-energize yourself kind of moment. Yeah. You know, and that's why, like, I really feel that we all need to unplug better. We need to get away from so much social media and constantly having to be engaged with other people or with information. My That's problem. number one. Oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. <clears throat> That's like number one, you gotta, you gotta unplug, but the number two, you have to give yourself time to be bored. So your mind can just work. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Not always fill it. You have to give it time to work on its own. Otherwise, it just gets weak. And I mean, just like if you don't exercise, if you sit on your butt on the couch all day, you feel worse for it. Ment- like not entertaining yourself is making yourself mentally exercise because your brain has to start actually working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, one of my problems is is how I manage my time with what I'm doing. Um, work takes up a big chunk. Um 
when I'm not at work, I'm with my family and, uh, they're the number one priority. And so I devote a lot of time with them, but it's when I don't have those two things to focus on. It's like, I, I, I don't know what to do with my time. And sometimes I end up not doing anything when I could be accomplishing something. I was talking to somebody the, the other day is like, I've got so many things I want to do that I end up not doing any of them. For example, I've been thinking about a lot how habit, a lot of the things we've been talking about is we create bad habits with like the social media or other things or the bad habit of trying to, that you got to try to absorb as much as you can, as fast as you can, because it's, it's there and there's this giant mountain of things you want to enjoy and understand and learn about. Um, and I was like writing out a list of things. Well, here's, here's things I'd like to accomplish every day. And I wrote like, as like one, two, three, four, five. I'm like, well, there's no way I'm going to do all these five things in one day with the limited amount of time I do have. So it's like, okay, I need to start focusing more on which of these are my priorities and, and focus on those like every other day, tick off another box on my list. Um, it's, it's really difficult when you feel pulled in different directions. Like I'm really a big, uh, I'm really interested in history and I want to, and I have kind of fallen away in the past several years from like reading history and learning new things like that. And so that's, that's one of my things is like read, read a chapter of a history book or part of a history book or learn something new from history, um, during the week. Um, Another thing was, uh, just like reading comics. Uh, I'm kind of like, I, I'll read comics a lot at once and then go almost a whole week without touching them. The, my list goes on and on. I don't want to bore everybody with all the things I want to do, but it's just like focusing on, okay, you have this certain amount of time. What are you going to do? That's one of my dilemmas. And see, that's something that I've struggled with, uh, too. And I, so some parts I kind of figured out a while ago and then other parts I'm realizing different approaches that are possible now. So I'm going to kind of throw out some suggestions kind of based on what I've done and what I think works. Um, first of all, one of my approaches is uh, because both of us are similar where we work and when we're not working, like our family typically monopolizes our time. And when we're with our family, we can't really do one of the things that we want to do. That's just a leisure activity. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so not everybody has that situation. Some people don't have kids. Some people's kids are older. Some people's kids are just easily self-entertained and don't require, uh, you know, that kind of constant engagement. Um, so everybody's situation is different, but when you have limited time, the number one thing that I realized a while ago for myself was I'm going to focus on one thing I want to do. Each, you know, each day, if I have this pocket of time, I'm going to either play a video game or watch a TV show or a movie or read a book. I'm not going to try to touch everything. I'm going to touch one thing. If you have more time, if you have a day where, uh, you know, where own, then, uh, you know, you can, you can move from thing to thing. But even then, like, I don't try to queue up. I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this. What do I want to do now? I'm going to focus on one thing. Maybe I end up doing that thing all day. There are some times where, uh, you know, like I've been playing Madden 19 and I, I love playing Madden Ultimate Team. 
I'll have a day where, you know, where Sam's at school and Amanda's doing whatever and I'll have a good window of time. I'll just sit there playing that damn game the whole time. And you know what? That's great because it's nice to, like, I don't feel the pressure and I'm just doing that one thing I want to do. And then maybe, you know, throwing a lot of time into one thing, but who cares? It's what I feel like doing. I don't have a reason I have to finish reading a book or I don't have to watch a movie. I don't have to fulfill a quota going to do what I feel like, but I'm not, I'm only going to worry about doing one thing. And then when I finish that thing, if I still have time, then I can decide to do the next thing. So that's one thing that I, I've decided a while ago that I think when you do have limited time is very important is not to feel that pressure to spread yourself. Um, the art of manliness, there's a, an episode uh, that just recently came out about uh, passion and like how you kind of focus on your passions. It's, it's kind of more from the perspective, like, you know, if you want to be a writer, the, you know, people tell you, you got to quit your day job and just go all in on being a writer. But this podcast is talking about how, no, you don't want to do that because then you're, you have too much pressure on your passion and it's not your passion anymore. Um, it's kind of like that with, 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 you know, hobbies and stuff too. You know, if you love reading comics, if suddenly you start putting this quota and this pressure on it, it's not a passion anymore. It's it's an obligation, and you're not enjoying it anymore. It's funny that you say that because I was looking at I looked at Twitter today, and uh, what's the name? Mags Visaggio, I think I said that right. Uh, did a tweet about one of the downsides to working in the comic industry is when comics reading comics that used to just be for enjoyment feels like you're you're doing just work doing your job, <laughs> like you're doing research. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, and then the other thing um, is, I think reducing the the potential for mental clutter. So, podcast is a good example for me uh, because I'm trying to, to limit my podcast intake. Um, but honestly, like anybody, even if you love a podcast and listen to a ton of them, you probably have a lot of dead weight in there that's a distraction from the ones you really want to listen to. So, like, for me, one of the things I did with my podcast is I went through and, you know, their podcast is like, well, I used to like listening to this or I kind of keep it on there because maybe I'll want it in the future. Thing is, if I want it in the future, I'm going to remember it. I'm going to, I could go download it again. I could resubscribe. But I deleted off all those kind of extraneous podcasts. I have very few podcasts on my podcast list. So, like, if that's one of the things that you find is a time suck for you because you have all these podcasts, you see those episodes starting to stack up. You're like, well, I got to listen to all this stuff. So then you're constantly listening, 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 listening. Maybe you got to do that. Like, look at your podcast list. Are any of these ones you don't really care to listen to? Delete it. Are any of them, have they not been putting out episodes? Delete it. You know, are any of them, well, it's okay, but, you know, I would rather listen to these other five. Delete it. Delete them, you know. You have stacks of comics, and I know... Mm -hmm. For sure that I've sent you boxes of comics. It's a bunch of crap I would never read. Um, if you have all these comics and you're like, I, I'm never going to be able to read everything. Which comics do you have that if you were reading them, they're just getting in the way of what you really want to read? Get rid of them. Give them to somebody else. Donate them to the library. True. Yeah. Go start a bonfire with them. I don't care. Get rid of the things that are in the way of the things that you want to do. Because it's really easy to accumulate those things and... One of the, the first things, I guess, kind of in this whole span of figuring out 
what works and what doesn't work in my life mentally is that there are so many things out there that are good. And so many of those good things are taking away from things that are great. Mm -hmm. Because you're spending your time on things that are just good. That's very true. They're not worth it to you. Yeah. The, the, the problem is how do you, how do you find the, how do you narrow down to the things that are great? Yeah. And that's where you have to really kind of analyze and, and look at what you're, what you're doing and what you're spending your time on. Um, I mean, like look at YouTube, for example, there's infinite videos on YouTube practically, right? So many different things you can watch. There's tons of funny videos, tons of interesting videos, tons of things like just so, so much stuff. But if you spend all day watching YouTube videos, cause that's content and it's, it's worthwhile to at least some extent, but you're never watching a movie. Is that, is that a better use of that time than watching a movie, you know, or then reading a book mm, or whatever yeah. else you want to do? Uh, you, you know, you said you have a list of these things that you want to do. Look at that list of things that you want to do and then start asking yourself, you know, look, look around. What of these things around me? do I not really care that much about, but they're taking my time away from doing these things or even things that potentially could, you know, you have a stack of, uh, I don't know. You have a stack of teen Titans comics and you know, you don't really care that much about teen Titans mm -hmm. and you'd really rather read all these other comics that are constantly available. Find somebody who wants those teen Titan comics and send them on their way. That's literally yeah. something I've done before. Cause I somehow came across a whole bunch of teen Titans comics. And I don't even remember where they went to. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's not hard to look at what things do I really want to enjoy and look at all these other things that I have that I, I'd really rather do this other thing. I mean, for me, a great example is video games. I just, you know, mentioned all the free games from PlayStation Plus, but that's why I realized that I didn't need to keep the subscription going is I wasn't playing games with people online, which is really the purpose for having the subscription. And those free games weren't a reason for me to keep doing it because I would rather play Madden every day than play any of those free games. And that's not even, you know, figuring in the other half dozen games that I've purchased that I want to play. So why do I need these free games to stack up? I don't need them. You know, I don't need comics to stack up. And that's something that I figured out longer ago was, you know, what's worthwhile or not for me with comics. And if, if I don't want to read it, why am I going to keep it? Let's send it off to somebody else who might want to read it. Kind of goes back to what you were talking about. When I haven't listened to the episode on the art of manliness about the, the following your passion and recognizing your passion and, you know, pursuing it. Um, but you, you kind of got to, not necessarily everybody, everybody's different, but something like this, what we're talking about, it's like, it's like focusing on the things that you are, most appreciative of the things you enjoy the most and that you do have the most passion for being involved with and kind of, you know, going after that instead of getting yourself distracted by all the extraneous matter that's, that floats around out there. Yeah, exactly. For a while I was, uh, I mean, I, I, I like sports. I like all, like all four major sports. I have my favorite teams and stuff like that. But for a while I was really actively pursuing being like a major fan of all my teams. Um, we, you know, when we moved to Maine, mm -hmm. uh, thanks to Nesson, you could watch every Bruins game. So I was watching Bruins hockey like crazy. And I'm a Bruins fan and a Kings fan, but the Bruins hockey was just super accessible. Uh, 
you know, football. I, I'm a huge football fan. I'm a huge 49ers fan. Um, I'm a, a Lakers fan. I'm a Dodgers fan. And, but I mean, what I was starting to realize is if I was all in emotionally on, on every one of my teams, man, that's exhausting. And how do you watch enough games to do that? Because the, the only way you can really be all in is to really watch the games. So I started to realize that it was better to, to back off some and invest myself emotionally when it was a good time to. Uh, and like the Dodgers have been in the World Series the last two years. And I've had my heart broken the last two years because um, I'm, I'm a big Dodgers fan. But I don't need to watch every game and I don't need my heart to hang on every game the whole season. Um, I'm a big Lakers fan. I had high yeah. hopes going into the season, and this has been really disappointing. And it's still disappointing because I'm still following what's going on, but I'm not dying because I'm fully invested in everything that happens. Um, you know, yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a huge Lakers fan, <laughs> but I was expecting really good yeah. things this so, season. I mean, um, ultimately, for me with sports like football, the 49ers, that's where I really hang my hat. Like I'm always going to be very focused on on that. And I can't be the same level of focus on every sport with all of my teams because that's just spreading myself too thin. And let me tell you, I did that, and it was emotionally difficult. It wore on me, and it wasn't worth it. Um, you know, so like we got those are all good things to me and all worthwhile things. But at the same time, you know, just like I said, some things can be good but not worth your time. There are a lot of things that are great to you, but you may have to adjust your investment in them to where you're not overextending mm-hmm. yourself. So now that we've had all this serious talk, why don't we talk about some of these things that we're investing our time in instead of just uh, babbling on seriously forever? Sounds good to me. I've got one to kind of tie into what we were talking about. Go for it. Just kind of lead it off. So you recommended that Art of Analyst podcast, specifically the one on uh, anger. And, um, there was one statement, well, lots of things stood out to me when I was listening to it. And the guy was really, really sharp. I, I wish I could remember the name of the, the guest on the show, but he, he said, your self-worth does not hinge on someone, someone's acceptance of you. And the weird thing is yesterday when you suggested that to me, we had just watched with my oldest daughter, Goodwill Hunting. The 1997 film by Gus Van Zandt with uh, Matt Damon and the uh, <laughs> the Ben Affleck. Uh, I know your feelings about him, but th- he's can be forgiven back then because he was just starting out. He hasn't become the Ben Affleck that you, you, we know about now. Um, I'm just joking. I, I don't know anything about him actually right now about why he's a good or bad. But uh, one of the things that stood out is that statement your self-worth does not hinge on someone's acceptance of you hit me because it reflected when the very final scene that robin williams the therapist meets with matt uh, will and he's just like showing him the file of his past and the abuse that he suffered and just tell him this isn't your fault. It's not your fault. And he's like, you know, Will's like, oh, yeah, I know. Kind of like, eh, no big deal. And then the, and the kid just breaks down at the end of it because he, it finally got through to him. Uh, Robin Williams' character finally touched base and hit a nerve because it all had, because Will was a very angry character. 
a very angry person. I mean, he would get in fights over stuff that's uh, something over from kindergarten, uh, hanging out with his buddies and doing all this stuff. And a lot of the, and he would push people away. He wouldn't have a long standing relationship with anybody. He, this girl that he met that was, he felt was so awesome. He didn't even want to start a relationship with her because she was just going to reject him or he wasn't good enough. Um, it's, it wasn't his fault. And that's, that's, I love that movie. I mean, I, 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 for some reason that movie hits me hard. I've watched it probably 30 times since it came out. Um, but every time I watch it, I'm uh, God, it just hits me in the gut. Certain aspects of it are just really special to me. And, and just part of that's part of it is just seeing somebody that has so much anger and just can't relate to anybody. And the way that, Robin Williams, who is also a broken person f- through the loss that he suffered, how they kind of helped each other move on to another chapter in their lives. Uh, it really, it really, uh, it was a weird coincidence when you suggested listening to that after just after having watched that. <laughs> a lot of weird coincidences lately. So, uh, so yeah, Goodwill yeah. Hunting. I've seen, I haven't seen that movie a ton. I've seen it a couple of times. I know I watched it once when it was a relatively newish movie. I mean, 97, I was like 14. I doubt my, uh, my mom was too keen on me watching a movie with the F word in it that many times. Um, but I, I know I saw it at some point relatively soon after that. And then I watched it at some point in the more recent past. I always felt certain scenes were really heavy handed, like to the point where they were almost comical. One scene is when Will says something about Robin Williams' wife and he does the, you know, you ever do that again, I will end you. And I, that always oh, cracked yeah. me up. I was yeah. like, all right, that's like, if somebody said that to me, I would laugh in their face. I would understand their point, but I'd be like, come on, you're, that's, that's not very threatening. Like that's, that's, I don't know. Just a little too melodramatic. And actually, the scene you were talking about, the, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Same, that, that always hit me as, um, being a little contrived. That's just me. That scene always was a little bit of a cringy scene to me. But it's interesting to hear how you feel about the scene. Because it just goes to show mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. like the way things resonate with different people can be very different. And for me, that was a scene that was always a little bit like felt a little, uh, a little unrealistic to me, but not necessarily. I mean, what do I know? So, but, uh, yeah, I can see where you're coming from because I mean, we watched it with and my, my wife and I have similar feelings about the movie. We watched it with our daughter thinking she was going to love it. And, uh, like most movies that my wife and I love, when we watch a movie with her, her reaction is usually not <laughs> that enthusiastic. She gave it a thumbs up. And I'm like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in, and I know, I know what you mean about heavy. Cause some of it, some of the stuff is kind of a little bit forced, a little bit, the, the humor's forced in different scenes and, uh, but from the time when I watched it the first time, it was one of those movies that I, I just always enjoyed. 
and uh, still have I find some value. And it's like I said, I mean, I, I was tearing up in some scenes. Um, what this says about me, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's it's a good movie. I I enjoy it, um, especially with how mathematical my mind is. Like some of those things, like just the. I don't know, like watching the movie about the the janitor who's a math genius is like he's my hero. You know, I don't know. I, that that does kind of get to be that kind of stuff. I like that. Um, and there, I mean, there are some great scenes yeah, in that yeah. movie. You know, I mean, some of them are just uh, in our lexicon now, like the "How do you like them apples?" Um, but it uh, holds your daughter. She's about to turn seventeen, and yeah, that's that's what I thought. She's right around there. It just goes to show your age is a big factor. Your age when something comes out is often a big factor. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, there's a lot of different factors in that stuff. I mean, my son is just six, but I mean, there was stuff when he was growing up. I was like, oh man, this was the best. He's gonna love it. He could care less. Yeah, but then some stuff down the road a little bit. He gets a little bit older, and he has a different way of engaging with it mentally and. He does love it. You know, like uh, some of the stuff he's starting to really like right now. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like He's starting to dig dinosaurs more than he ever has. Um, we watched The Sandlot. I talked about that last time. Uh, mm-hmm. The way that resonated with him just like makes me so happy until like the scenes where the kid goes, oh, shit. You know, and then mm-hmm. it's like, okay, don't say that word. Don't don't learn those words, Sammy. I mean, we actually had to have talks <laughs> yeah. with him like, okay, these boys are using bad language. You don't talk like this. The reason right. they're doing this is this reason, but yeah, it's a uh, Goodwill Hunting is one of those interesting movies where I was a little young when it came out to comfortably be at the right time for it, you know. Um, but it's one that is it's like up on that that hill of like it was so highly lauded, but I wasn't quite ready for it when it came out, and I look back and I'm kind of like, eh. You know, like, uh, Titanic yeah, yeah. was around that time. Titanic was another one that was like, oh, you know, won tons of awards and stuff. And for me, I was like, hey, I got to stop boobs, you know. It kind of um, kind of does go back to that thing we were talking about, like, with, uh, like, American Gods a few weeks ago. If all you've heard about is this the best thing ever, um, and then you experience it, and, well, it's not the best thing ever. It's great. It's good. Maybe even close to great. Um, or you just picked it up or watched it like, like Good Will Hunting or Titanic and you just thoroughly enjoyed it because there were no expectations when you into it. That kind of plays into things like that. Um, w- one other thing though, you touched on about how it's really cool to think about how he's your hero because he's a janitor and he's a genius. The funny thing is, uh, maybe this is one of the reasons it resonates with me so much is I've known people through my life that are, have been, absolutely brilliant on many different levels. Um, but for example, I knew a guy, he could barely read and could barely write because he grew up in a really, really difficult situation. Uh, he's when I was working with him, he, uh, he is quite, he's about 10 years older than me at the time. Um, but at the same time, he was an absolutely brilliant person. Like I said, barely could read, barely could write, but but he was also wiser and could figure things out faster just with his head, mathematically or whatever. Uh, we're working on a job site, and he could just see it. Uh, and I've known, I've, I've been 
fortunate enough to meet a number of people in my life that they might not be the most educated. They hadn't been gifted with the opportunity to uh, go to a really good school or even get a good education at all that were as sharp or sharper than most people that have I've met that went to a really, really top-notch school. So I, that's one of the reasons, I, you know, education is important. Going to college and going to high school and going to college is important. But I've also never really, I never have put a person's worth on whether they've got a degree or not. Oh, no. Uh, just Entirely. Just experience. I mean, yeah, I'm an example. Do you have a degree? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, what's your I What's your degree? Uh, I've got a I've got a master's in history. Dang. So... I, I don't even have a bachelor's and I'm somebody that with, uh, with my mental capacity, with what I did in high school, I should. But the thing is, you know, I went through high school. Um, I mean, my senior year, I was so far ahead that I only had to take four classes. Three of those classes were AP classes. Uh, the fourth really should have been an AP class because I felt like I was in a classroom of idiots. Um, but I was like, I don't need to do all AP. So I didn't, um, that's a whole nother story. I'll probably actually get back to that in just a minute. Um, but the thing was when I finished high school, I went to the same high school for all but one semester, but I started every year late and I didn't know where I was going to be going to school at the beginning of any of those years because my, my home life wasn't, it wasn't horribly unstable. But it wasn't stable either, you know? So I get to the end of, of high school and I go, I don't want to go away to college. I want stability. I want to stay put. So I go to community college and, uh, even though I went through calculus my senior year and I, I literally didn't have to try. Um, I drove my teacher nuts because I did just enough homework to get an A. Like I knew exactly like what I would have to do to get an A. And I did it. Um, I had the hardest time showing my work because I, my mind was mentally processing stuff so quickly that I would mess up if I tried to show my work because my mind was moving faster than, uh, than I could show my work. And it drove my teacher nuts, but she knew that I knew what I was doing. So I never got penalized for it, even though technically you're supposed to show all your work. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, I get done with high school and, uh, I start college at a community college. And I completely just 180 everything and I'm doing, um, I'm doing computer graphics. I'm doing, but you know, art is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just totally different. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it for a while. Uh, and until I got bored with it, because the thing with, with art with me is I can be sufficient. I don't have the ability to be creative visually. Mm-hmm. So that's what drives me nuts is like I can sufficiently make stuff that looks good, but I can't express the creativity that I wish I could. And I've accepted that now. That's not one of my strengths. Um, I wish I could. That's something I would like to do, but it's not going to happen. So I I moved on. I moved back to math and I did Calc calc 2 and I struggled really hard in Calc 2 because I hadn't done math in two years. And on top of that, I taught myself trigonometry in a month because of school that I missed my junior year of high school. So, like, I literally sine, cosine, tangent, all that stuff, I taught it to myself. 
Um, and because of that, I, because of that and then the two year gap in doing math, I was pretty rusty. So it was a kind of a struggle to get back up to speed with it. But I did and I, I passed the class and uh, I ended up doing Calc 2 or uh, Calc 3 after that. Um, I was kind of bouncing around majors. I, I went from computer graphics to mathematics to engineering. Um, and then that was a point in my life where I was starting to get really depressed and I was struggling. I mean, I'm still pretty young at this point. I'm like 20, 21 maybe, you know, like right around there. And uh, then I start dating the girl who would become my wife. And I was so happy. And I was so happy. And I was taking four classes. And one was a chemistry class that I had had a drop with an F because I just was falling apart. And I was retaking it. And I hated it. I hated that class. I hated another one of the classes. I don't remember what the other one was. And I loved, uh, uh, what was it? Um, Bible is lit and symbolic logic, which were two classes that I was taking to fill out, um, uh, what do you call them? Uh, elective requirements or whatever. Yeah. Right. Right. And I love those. So I said, why am I doing it this way? Screw that. And I switched my major to English. Um, I, that's one thing that I have a di- dichotomy in me where I have a very, very strong logical mathematical mind, but I also am very, very adept at reading and literature and like all this stuff that usually they, they kind of oppose each other to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm pretty heightened in both. Um, apparently I have both those things and not a damn bit of creativity. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I mean, I get to that point and I kind of decided to change everything. But then at that point, we're getting sick of living in California. It's expensive. It's crowded. It's awful. Cause originally we were going to stay in California until I finished my bachelor's degree. But we said, nope, let's move. Let's go to Maine. We moved to Maine and start a family right away. I haven't been able to go back to school yet. So here I am, 35 years old. I really should have been the type of person to finish college in four years at 22 years old and have a degree and so on and so forth. But you know what? My life wouldn't be what it is right now if I had done that. And the reason that's a problem is my life is my wife and my son. That wouldn't have happened if I had followed that course. So, you know... It's like you were saying, social criteria be damned. Nobody's worth is measured by such things. You know, people's worth are measured in in finding their strengths and using them, essentially. Yeah, and everybody can choose what life they're going to lead to go back to goodwill hunting. (laughs) There's a, there's a, there's a, the, there's this, uh, top-notch uh, mathematics professor that's he's won the fields award he's like kind of like the equivalent of winning the nobel prize in mathematics and he was college roommates with robin williams and robin williams uh was in college went to the army and got married and went on a what compared to his roommate who won the fields award uh went to kind of a pedestrian uh career uh the 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 former friend that's kind of a found will he uh he always kind of throws it in his face that you've really never matched up to your ability 
uh, you were smarter than me in college and you're smarter than me now, but here you are teaching at this little t- tiny community college. And the guy's like, and it doesn't really come out, but that's one of the things the story tells is like, well, yeah, but I've lived a life. And that's one of the things I, I think the reason I love that movie so much is the Robin Williams character, the way he has this silent dignity, this stoic kind of, I mean, he had a wife that he was married to for 18 years and for six years she was sick. And then for two years, uh, she was all near death and then she died. And he would not go back for an instant to trade in all of that life he lived for 18 years to have all the success and accolades that the, the big top notch professor had. Um, there's like little things in the movie that I, I, I gravitate to that, uh, kind of goes back to reinforce what we're talking about. Yeah. Anybody that, uh, looks at somebody, whether, whatever the job they have or how much money they make. And that's how you, if you, that's how you value somebody's worth. Um, then, uh, shame on you. Yeah. It's, that's the thing is, uh, and this goes to the, the podcast I was talking about with anger. Um, one of the things in it is, um, that essentially there, there's happiness and joy around us all the time. But the, the question is, is are you looking at that? Or are you looking at the negatives, the drawbacks, the things to be angry about? And, you know, whatever life we end up lead, leading, if we're doing the best we can, like we can still live a life focused on all those wonderful things, even with any negatives around us. And you can look back mm-hmm. and say, well, if I followed this path, it would have been this or that or whatever, but you didn't, you didn't follow that path. And was it the right choice or the wrong choice? You can't say that based on, well, I could have been this successful. And instead I was this successful. What life did you live along the way? That's really what matters. Do the things that matter in life happen along the way? Or, you know, were you miserable along the way? Did you make other people miserable along the way? It, you know, it doesn't matter what I could be right now. Because what matters no. to me is my wife, and my son. And that matters more than anything that else could, could happen. Absolutely. 100% of this one. We might not have. We might not agree on the um, the theatrical worth of Goodwill Hunting, but we do agree on that one hundred percent. I'm not saying we disagree on that either. I, I pointed out a couple of parts that made me chuckle a bit, but uh, I also no, I, no. I think I should watch that movie again too with a uh, with you know a different maturity. Robin Williams was always the the character that I was drawn to in that movie. Um, I'm gonna. I will admit it does have some cringy moments. Like some of the some of the scenes are a little bit, a little bit cringy. But for yeah. overall, it felt like it was written by you know Matt Damon in his twenties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, supposedly it was. I, I, I've always wondered. They won an Oscar for writing a screenplay, and I don't know of anything else they've ever actually written. Which kind of makes me scratch my head, like. If you want an Oscar and you're a great screenwriter, why not? Why aren't you writing more? Or maybe it's just like well, they had a great idea and they did it, and they had a great uh, connection with uh, uh, with the the team that made the movie. I, I don't know, 
Well, we were supposed to have gone to lighter subject matter, Paul. But yeah, I, way I, to get I, us heavy again, Sparky. You know what? I'm gonna say that this is this is uh, our our movie episode now. So I'm just gonna bounce to another movie. I didn't actually okay. even watch this one recently, but I want to talk about it because I was in Walmart the other day um, because. As I had mentioned, my, my son has a great affection for uh, for The Sandlot. And uh, so I was looking around because I knew they had more movies. Another movie that he watched recently with his uh, newfound interest in dinosaurs was The Land Before Time. And he liked that. So I was looking because I know they have all these sequels and they got to be cheap, right? So uh, The Sandlot, you can buy a, a DVD of three movies for like 10 bucks. The Land Before Time, they had a couple options. They had one that had like five movies for 15 bucks, but they had another one that had three movies, not including the first one for 750. And we have the first one on, uh, Voodoo. So we, we don't really need it, you know? So I, I was looking at these options, right? For, you know, for my son. And, uh, I was just looking around at what else they had around and they have, um, like a special edition of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest there. Have you seen oh, wow. You've seen that, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Jack Nicholson in a, in a nut house, basically. Um, Ken Casey book turned into a movie. The book's fantastic. The movie's fantastic. So that movie, when I got my first DVD player, which was an off-brand DVD player, I have no, I don't remember what I spent on it. I probably spent like 80 bucks on it for a, like a crappy off brand DVD player at the time. Um, I got two movies. One flew over the cuckoo's nest and planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh yeah. So I wa- I watched the hell out of both of those movies. The thing was at this both, time, both great movies. <laughs> yeah. On so, different, in different ways. Yeah. We might have to talk about the other one too. Some. So at this time, I was 18 or 19. Um, I had, so while I was in high school towards the end, I, I was living with my mom and my stepdad. My stepdad was a bipolar alcoholic. I got fed up with it. I called my aunt up and said, Hey, can I come live with you guys? I moved in with my aunt and uncle. All their other kids had grown and left home by then. I moved in with them, uh, during my senior year of high school. And lived with them for a while and, uh, you know, finished high school, started community college. And then I started feeling not quite so welcome around there. Um, they weren't explicitly telling me to move out or anything, but, uh, especially my uncle was starting to, uh, you know, make me feel like he'd rather that. Um, and he ended up leaving my aunt for, somebody he met on his truck route and he's a piece of garbage in my book now. So whatever. But, um, so I moved in with a friend of mine and his family, which was quite an experience. I, I shared a room with my friend for a while. Um, he started getting a little weird. Um, I moved into a motor home in their backyard. So now I'm living in a motor home in a backyard with an extension cord running into it to, uh, run any electronics I might want to use. I buy my first Blu-ray player. I have a little TV. Buy my first, uh, not Blu-ray. I'm sorry, DVD player, and I get those two movies: mm-hmm. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I watch those movies so much. Um, yeah, so just just seeing that movie, it, it's it's so funny how things can resonate with us in different ways. And granted, that is a good movie. Objectively, it's a good movie. 
But what that movie means to me is way beyond just the fact that it's a good movie. Just like Goodwill Hunting, it's a good movie, but there's things about it that resonate with you beyond what I get out of it, you know? Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's, that's my movie I wanted to bring up a little bit. Do you have another movie you'd like to bring up? Um, yeah, I do, actually. There's a movie my wife and I watched, uh, my cousin Steve recommended it quite a while back. Uh, it's called Wonder. Uh, came out in 2017, and for some reason, never heard of it. It's got, uh, Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson are a couple, they have a couple of kids, and there's a young boy in it named, uh, it's played by this kid named Jacob Trembley, I think is his name. He, uh, it, it's one of those movies that hit me hard because it was a kid. The kid was born. They, first, they had a daughter and she was fine. And the, the, it turned out that the mother and father had this genetic, uh, uh, marker or something like that, that because of, uh, the way their DNA was, they had a really high percentage for a child to be born with uh, severe birth defects. Well, this boy was uh, the. They actually have a scene in the movie where the the child's born, and it's like the doctors look at the baby, and it's like, oh my god. Um, basically, he had to have like several facial reconstruction surgeries during his life, and he's about oh gosh, thirteen, fourteen years old in the movie when it, when the movie begins. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about last week with kids that are, in his circumstance, he wasn't delayed mentally or developmentally or behaviorally or anything like that. But people looked at him as if he was. Um, he, I mean, it, he he wears a he likes to wear a, an astronaut helmet through a lot of the movie because that way people can't see him. Um, I'm not doing a really good job explaining it, but it, basically this, the, this his story of how he was homeschooled his entire life by his mother. She put her career on hold to, to take care of him and protect him from the world. And then they decide as a family that he's going to go into actual school, high school and try to engage with other kids. And they sent him to a really nice school. And it's just kind of his journey through dealing with all the way people would treat him because they would look at him and think, well, oh, well, he's going to be stupid. Well, no, he was actually smarter than all of the kids in the class, especially in science. That's what he loved. Uh, of course, I also like it because there's lots of Chewbacca's even in the movie. Uh, there's lots of Star Wars references. Um, it's just a sweet, touching movie. But one of the reasons, personally, my wife and I, engaged with it was because of our situation with our our youngest daughter um it's just their entire life revolved around this kid to the detriment of the older child and that's one of the things we've tried to deal with with our oldest daughter who's uh, you know top of her class and doing great and then we have this other kid that we have to dote so much time on um uh, to try to help her just try to socialize and engage with the world. Um, it's just a, it's a beautiful movie. 
uh, I, I told you when we watched it that I highly recommend it. And if you ever get a chance to watch it, it's, it's just a really, really good message to it. Um, some, my, my teenage daughter thought it was heavy handed and kind of silly. Um, but she has her own issues, I guess. Uh, for me though, and I, I grew up as being one of those kids that people would stare at because I, I lost, I had an accident with a kid and lost an arm. I, I know what it feels like for people. You're walking through a store and people are just staring at you. And that touched me in a way. I'm like, I, I know what that feels like. I know what it is to be looked at as there's something wrong with you because you look different. Um, uh, just a darn good movie. So if you ever get a chance to watch it, anybody gets a chance to watch it, I, I highly suggest it. Uh, I don't think I spoil it too much. It, it's, it's a really good, it's a good movie. I'm trying to remember if I've seen that around. I don't know if it's out of Redbox or if it's on Netflix now, but that's definitely yeah. one I'll have to check out. It's always, it's, uh, it's kind of just floating around there. I, I don't, I've never heard of it. Um, uh, my cousin, he watched it and he's like, I'm like, yeah, I'll check it out. I didn't know what it was about when he recommended it. Um, but like, I'm in tears most of the movie. My wife's in tears. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's nice to have a movie that actually has a positive end or message to it rather than some of the stuff that, cause a lot of the stuff we watch is just so heavy handed on the, on the darker side of things that I get really weary of it really quick. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie, uh, I think it was crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hated that movie. Yeah. Cause the one scene in it and yeah, it's one of those things where it's like that movie was highly lauded and artful and stuff, but you know, there's some stuff that is just uh, going beyond what's necessary. And that was, uh, that was one of the, I, 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 don't think I ever watched the whole movie and I refused to ever try to watch it again after uh, one certain scene in it. Somebody told me before or before somebody told me after that, that there uh, was like a redemptive scene to that. And it's like, I, I don't care. I, yeah. There, there's no redeeming that douchebag in, in my mind at that point. But anyhow, um, <laughs> so one of the things you just made me think of too, with, uh, you know, with your daughter was, and this goes back to those, po- those podcasts that seem to be resonating so much with so many things in our lives. Um, I guess actually this is going to the book that, uh, that my boss got for us. Everything is just tying in together with my mind. Um, and so this book is all about, you know, focusing on your strengths. You know, we all have strengths. We all, we all have weaknesses. And the traditional logic is to focus on the weakness. So, you know, your daughter, like you said, is doing really great. But if she had a, you know, class she was doing bad in, if that's where you focus your energy, then you, you know, it's really easy to like forget to kind of mention all the great stuff and to focus on that negative. Um, and I think that's where, uh, when there are competing priorities and you have a kid that's doing great and another one that needs, you know, that eats up all of your attention is just remembering to like celebrate all those great things that the other kid is doing for me. I was thinking about this when I read this in the book, because I only have one kid, obviously. Um, and by societal standards, he's not up to expectations in certain ways. Um, 
you know, and of course, like focusing on developing those things is important. So that way, at some point, he's going to be to the point where he's just level and normal with everybody else. Um, But, you know, two things about my approach with him. uh, And once again, like we're getting back to being heavy and not fun and light. But uh, (laughs) number one, I constantly stress and focus on how much I love him. That's that's like my number one thing for me is reminding and reassuring and repeating over and over and over again. Every opportunity, I love you, you're special, you make me happy, those kind of things. Um, but number two, so this kid that has these things that he's not where he should be with, um, he he does so many things that blow me away. The things that he can do. I think I might have talked about this on our last episode. If not, then I know I did before. But um, one night, he's like, it's about time to go to bed. And sometimes he'll do this where it's like, okay, it's time to go to bed. Oh, but I want to do this thing. And then he'll do this like silly little thing that's just like totally killing time trying not to go to bed. It's like, no, okay, yeah. stop that. Go to bed. You can do it tomorrow. So this one night, he says he wants to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, you have a couple of minutes. He gets, he gets out some colors of construction paper and he starts drawing shapes and he starts cutting stuff out. I'm like, what the heck is he doing? I'm like this close to being like, okay, stop, go to bed. But he, he's really purposeful. So he keeps going and I'm watching what he's doing. This kid without any kind of visible directions or template in front of him. Whips out all these colors, starts cutting out shapes, asking specifically for what he needs. And he is building out of cutout shapes uh, a nutcracker. You know, like uh, Christmas, you know, the nutcracker. And it completely blew me away because I'm sure that he got this from doing a project in school. Uh, Because it's not like you get these things out of nowhere. But for this kid to, he doesn't have any directions in front of him. He, we're not telling him what to do. He's very specifically, I need this. I need this. He's doing it. He has focus and he is attentive. And he put this whole thing together, gluing it together, done. And it completely blew me away. So we just, uh, we actually just in the mail, you know, we're kind of at that time of the year where they're, they're doing assessments. And so we got the assessment for, you know, how he's doing in some of his areas that he needs development in. And, uh, it's a lot easier now, but in the past, it's, it's been hard sometimes to hear yeah. or see on paper, uh, you know, the things that are shortcomings, the things oh, that are difficult. Yeah. We've been through that. Yeah. yeah that's a, it is a, when it was in black and white. Yeah, that's, that is a difficult thing to deal with. And the good thing is, is this time, um, you know, we, and we knew this was coming. They, they did, uh, a language evaluation on him. They didn't do, they were talking about doing a, a psych evaluation on him, but they decided that it would be better to wait a little bit longer just with the, the age that he's at. It'll be better if they, they do it kind of next time around type of a deal. Um, so, you know, of course, like with all this stuff, they, they check with us and we say, yep, thumbs up. That sounds good to us. Um, but so they do this language evaluation, we get it back and like, there's this one area where it, it's about how you interact with people. I forget exactly what it was, but, um, 
like just reading through the evaluation, we could tell that it's because when they're doing the evaluation, they're they're not trying to help him get to the correct end result. They're just evaluating. So you just go through it and you go and you go and you go, right? Mm-hmm. So they go through this and like we we could read this and say, yeah, that's something that he struggles with. If they would have clearly explained to him what they were trying to get out of it, he would have improved as they went on. But it's an evaluation. That's not what they're trying to do. And we understand that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just so funny the place that we're at because we can see stuff like that where it's like clearly he's not where other kids are in that regards. But we also understand where his development is. And then we could see these other things that sometimes we meet with his, uh, you know, when we have an uh, IEP meeting. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you know what IEP means, right? Yeah, we have something similar okay. to that, yeah. That's why I was curious about if it was the same terminology. But, yeah, so you know what an IEP meeting is, essentially. Okay, yeah. So uh, we have an IEP meeting, and, you know, the, the his teacher talks and his uh, speech therapist talks and anybody else who works with him talks. And... It's really cool when, uh, you know, when we share our piece as we're going through this and we say, oh, yeah, he comes home and he's doing exactly what you're teaching him. He's being teacher to us and he loves yeah. it. Uh, or we he's say probably showing more to you than he's even showing to them. Exactly. Our experience. Yeah, because he's yeah. learning it there and then he's coming home and practicing it. And uh, it's just it's so amazing to be able to, like, as we go through this meeting, say, you know, yes, we hear what you're saying, but check out this thing that you don't see. And I, it blows me away. And this is one thing that with as much of a struggle as anything can be, uh, you know, for my, my wife and myself, like we always put him first. And uh, when we talk about these things, um, to see two things. One, how they're blown away by how engaged we are. Which it's kind of sad when you see that that is blowing out their expectations because they don't expect mm-hmm. this out of most parents. Yeah, it makes us feel good that we're exceeding expectations so far in our involvement. It's also sad to know that that's not the case with most people. Um, but then also as we go through and they're saying stuff and we could be like, "Oh my gosh, that explains why he's coming home and doing this." And they see like mm-hmm. his level of processing and carrying these things further than just you know what what they observed with teaching him. So, um, yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. That is awesome. And we keep on getting on to heavy yeah. subjects. Yeah, next episode will we promise to be lighter and uh, more fun focused or. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we're going to tend that way a little bit more as we go on. But um, us breaking out on our own has been liberating. And I like I know I, I don't know how about you feel. But uh, for me, this has been the realization of a change that I needed. So for me, this is at a big transition point myself, uh, just mentally and emotionally, I guess. So, yeah, it, it's good to. uh I mean, whether anybody else finds it interesting or not, I think there will be people that probably do identify with some of the things we're talking about. It, it's nice for me to talk to you about it because, uh, I mean, we both have kids that are vastly different in circumstances and what they're dealing with, but there are amazing, it's amazing the similarities. Um, 
at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's good. It's good. It feels good. I, I, it might not be the most fun episode because we touched on some really heavy topics, but for me, it's been a, it's been a fun conversation. Yeah. And for, for the people, this episode has been, I mean, kind of like, you know, the things that resonate with you in Goodwill Hunting or the things that, you know, resonate with either of us in any movie that we watch that resonates with us. There are going to be people who listen to this episode who this means a lot to. There are going to be a lot of people who listen to this episode who don't care because they, it, it doesn't resonate with them. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, oh no. But, uh, this, you know, as long as we've been doing this podcast, we get a lot of like, you know, save the world. What the hell are you talking about? Kind of, you know, responses. This is what we mean by save the world. Like we save the world as people by being here for each other in these sorts of ways. That's how you make a difference in the world is by being there for people in the ways that they need you. And, uh, yeah. this, this is probably our, our save the worldiest episode that we've ever had. I can still remember the first time you reached out to me when you, I'm not going to get too personal, but you reached out to me sharing some, some fears or some things you were thinking about when, about your son. And I was able to try to give my perspective from dealing with my situation, our situation, my wife and I, our situation with our daughter. And that, I hope it helped you, but at the same time, it it helped me to be able to share it with somebody because most of the people I interact with, they don't have a clue about what I'm dealing with uh, at all. Uh, so yeah, we, we we might not be saving everybody's world, but you're helping me save mine, and I hope I get to help you a little bit with yours. So yeah, I, you you've you've helped me more than you could ever know. Um, I mean, whenever I talk about how we started this, this podcast, that's pretty much what I lead with is that you have a, a similar situation, but you've dealt with harder and more difficult things than I will ever have to deal with. But being able to understand, uh, where, where each other is coming from means so much. And everybody's, you know, everybody has different things they deal with. And obviously most of the people who listen to us aren't going to be dealing with the same things, but they're going to be dealing with something else. And, yeah. uh, yeah, that's what it comes down to. Um, I, I know that we randomly started talking, uh, when we started talking because of literature, cause we were in, uh, was that when we were doing Slack? I think it was when we were doing Slack. It's so Slack. Yeah. let's build a little bit of history since this is sort of still at our relaunch point. Um, so Sparky and I met because I was doing a podcast about Valiant Comics with Martin. Uh, Martin created a Valiant Comic database that is the most absurd, beautiful database I've ever seen. Um, for as much as I don't give a damn about collecting Valiant anymore, such a resource is just amazing. And, uh, I, I don't, I honestly don't know if he's still maintaining it or not. Uh, probably not would be my guess. But, uh, the resource that he made was just astounding for anybody that is as analytical and systematic as my mind is. Um, but anyway, so he made that. And then for everybody that got involved in that, he made a, a Slack channel and everybody was invited. And then the invite eventually spoiled and whoever was there was there. So you were one of the ones that was there. 
And of course, in that group, we're talking about comics mostly. But then one night we got verged off onto literature. And so you and I were bouncing back and forth on literature. And that was the beginning of our friendship, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, that kind of sparked that we had a different connection than not everybody had. And it, it grew into us having outside conversations where we would constantly, hey, have you ever read this? Have you ever watched this? Have you ever read this? And that was the basis for this podcast is us just talking back and forth about, um, you know, what we've experienced that we've enjoyed. And in the midst of that, sharing the, you know, the difficulties and struggles and successes in our individual lives with, uh, with these heavier things that we're dealing with. That is also unique to us and not anybody else in the group of uh, people that we were talking to at the time. So, yeah, that's how this yeah. podcast came to be. That's kind of the encapsulated form of it. Yeah, uh, the the main thing is just focusing on the joys rather than uh, letting the the negatives drag you down. So, since we've been so heavy in this podcast, let's end with something uh, a little more lighthearted. Is going to be spontaneous. Uh, obviously, we haven't had a chance to prepare because I just decided we're going to do this. Um, so I'm going to tell you what it is, and then I'll go with mine first um, to give you a, a moment to think. Let's do a little bit of a lightning round here of our favorite junk food, just fun to watch, always make us happy movies since somehow this is a movie oh. podcast. So I'm going to throw a few out there, and then we'll kind of start bouncing back and forth. That'll give you a chance to think some out. So – uh a few that I'm going to throw out with, they may not be my favorites at this point, but I had a phase in my life where I was enough of an adult. And this is kind of the time, too, where I was in that I'm still idealistic enough phase that I, I try not to like popular culture too much. But then I started getting sucked into popular, popular culture a bit. So this was the era of Anchorman and Hot Rod, two of my favorite comedies that before that point, I hated Will Ferrell till I saw Anchorman. Just couldn't stand him. And, uh, Anchorman totally won me over and reset my image of him from every other movie before that point. <clears throat> um, one, one funny little story involving that is, uh, talking about, uh, Zoolander. I hated Zoolander. Absolutely loathed Zoolander. I still don't really care too much for Ben Stiller, although there's a few things I've liked him in. But, like, Zoolander, I hated that movie. And my wife talked about when she went to the movie theater to see that with uh, with a group of her friends. And just, like, thought the whole damn thing was hilarious. While they were all kind of, like, didn't know what to think about it. Um, but until I saw uh, Anchorman, I couldn't stand it. After I saw Anchorman, I went back and like kind of looked at everything a different way. And for the most part, I've uh, enjoyed Will Ferrell since then. Um, yeah, Anchorman was a was a big one for me at that time. And then Hot Rod. Have you seen Hot Rod? Yeah, yeah. So Hot Rod, Andy Samberg, other people. Um, that movie, we rented it. We were watching it. I thought it was awful until you get to the scene where... Uh, Hot Rod is practicing like losing down the hill, but he loses control and he crashes into the side of a guy's motorhome. Do you remember that scene? 
Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that happens. Then his friend Rico comes up because the guy comes out and is all pissed off. And Rico grabs a road cone. And he's woo! He starts beating on the guy. I drink green tea all goddamn day. I go to church every Sunday. You gonna bring the devil out of me? <laughs> that scene was the one that I stopped doing whatever else I was doing. Started paying attention to the movie, and I loved that movie. We watched that movie probably a hundred times. So those are my first two yeah. movies. Uh, what's one you got? Oh gosh. You caught me at a bad moment. I, I will. I'm going to cheat and say you brought up Will Ferrell. Just any movie he's been in is one of those. If it's on, so what's your I'll favorite? Watch it with him in it. Uh, God, it's probably Anchorman. Probably Anchorman. Um, there's another little movie that he was in, and I can't remember the name, so I'm gonna I'm blowing that. I'm gonna also bring out another movie. You brought up Ben Stiller. It's not necessarily a, like a funny movie, but it does have a humor in it. Uh, he was in a movie a couple of years ago that when I watched it, it instantly became a movie that I completely love 100%. It's called The Secret Life of, of Walter Mitty. Yeah, you and talked about that one. One of the before. reasons, one of the reasons I love it so much is the soundtrack is just beautiful. I mean, it was such a well-made movie. Um, that is going to be one of those that I, I, if if it's on, I'll just watch it. And in fact, I got it, and I, I I probably could watch it almost once a week and never get tired of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, what, what another movie that uh, you know, Napoleon Dynamite is probably one of those movies. It's probably not junk food because it's so damn good. No, it's junk food. But- My wife loved that movie, but I. I mean, I, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it, but my wife loved that movie when it was out, and it was that is some dumb movie, but it's fun. Yeah, that's the thing. It is. That's what it is, and that's what's beautiful about it. Yep. It knows what it is when they made it. Yep. And that's what's so good about it. Uh, I I can watch it over and over and over and over. I know Jay loves that movie yeah. too. I, I have no idea if Jay actually listens to our podcast, but Jay, we know you love that movie. Um, oh yeah, he and I are on the same page on that that movie. It, it's just, uh, it's just so good. I can't say I love that movie, but I definitely appreciate the sentiment. Uh, quick little tangent with that movie. Um, the the first movie my wife and I ever saw together, uh, which I guess we would probably look at as our first date. Sorta, maybe our second date. Uh, it's kind of muddy. We kind of look back a few months later and be like, "Ah, oh, we've been dating for a while, haven't we?" Um, was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Oh yeah. So I had it, it was around my twenty second birthday, and I had gone to see my mom, uh, who lived uh, like I don't know forty five minutes north of where I lived. Um. Right before this, and I mean, this is out of the blue. I mean, I, I had never had a girlfriend. Uh, I never had a relationship. None, none of that, you know? And uh, my wife had, uh, I met her at work, and she had been in a relationship, and she broke up with the guy, and I realized I had interest in her, because now she was available, but the same day I realized that, she had started dating somebody else. 
So that went on a little bit, and they broke up. And he was one of those that was just, like, kind of leeching on for a long time. And then uh, I had transferred to a different store, and I was covering at her store for a going-away party for somebody where I should have been at the going-away party, but instead they had me cover the store so that way everybody else could go to it. Um, so I'm, I'm at the store. I get a call from her upset because uh, this douchebag she dated brought some skank to the party. So that was when he stopped hanging around because she was done with him, even as a friend. And the next thing I know, she uh, she had a trip back home to visit her family. She came back. And then one day we all go to sushi, uh, her and me and some other friends. And one of the friends uh, was uh, was this guy that's friends of ours. And he worked at a pool hall uh, slash bar in town. And... Amanda had never been there. And it was a place that, that I went regularly with uh, with the friends that I had at the time because that was all there was to do pretty much. And uh, so he looks at her and says, you've never been there? And then he looks at me and says, you should bring her. So I look at her and say, do you want to go tonight? And she says, yeah. So I say, okay, call, call me when, when you want to go. So then, uh, you know, we sit around like waiting She's waiting to not call me too soon. I'm like waiting for her to call. And, uh, finally she calls and we, we go there. So that was technically our first date. But then our, our second date, I go to my mom's house, uh, around my birthday because I already planned like to go and, you know, spend a few days there and see my, uh, my sisters and my nephews and whatever. And, uh, the whole time I'm just thinking about this girl, you know, the whole time. And, uh, I talked to her on the phone a couple of times and, uh, we end up making plans to, to go see Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I'm just chomping at the bit to, um, I have to stay out of my mom's cause I'm actually taking my mom's to a, a serious doctor's appointment that she needs somebody to take her to. So I'm, you know, 21 turning 22 and I go from like not being, you know, normally I go out to see my family and I'm, I'm in no rush. And I go from that to just, I'm chomping at the bit to get home. And yeah. so uh, it goes from, I'm supposed to be there a few more days to, I cut it back to like, okay, I'm taking your doctor's appointment and then I'm leaving. And I go back home and I, I go and, uh, uh, my wife was closing that night. So we, you know, got the midnight tickets to the showing of Charlie and the chocolate factory. And, she meets me there. There's literally nobody else outside at this point because everybody else is in the theater. She meets me there. We go in. We had to sit front row to see this movie. And uh, that that was you know the, the beginning of the whole rest of my life, basically. It was beginning, and here you are, and you're in Maine. <laughs> yeah. So I guess you'd say that's a, that's a junk food movie for me in a way. It's a movie that... I don't think it's the greatest movie by any means, but it will always have a special place in my heart. And I'll probably I will have more. I'll have more junk food movies for next time. Uh, we probably should wrap this up. We're 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 pushing it. I got to get up and go haul hay in the morning. Uh, and I'm off tomorrow. So. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's call it a night. I think we've been uh, pretty heartfelt and heavy in this episode of us saving the world um so we'll, we'll we'll get to talking more about comics and other fun things comics movies tv shows music all the wonderful things that add some color and flavor to our lives uh, as we go on 
this has been a, a much heavier handed start to the podcast because it's been a big transition doing this and uh it's it's been one initiated by you know big big changes in our beings so uh, stick with us uh, if you want some some more fun stuff, and we'll get there. Um, but essentially, this is the heart of of the purpose of the podcast: is sharing, you know, who we are, and you know, being there for for each other as human beings. So you can find me on Twitter at Who's Paul. You could find Sparky on Twitter at MD Sparkman. Uh, shoot us a tweet. Let us know what you think. Let us know uh, if there's anything you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, and maybe that'll help us quit talking about such uh, heavy emotional things going on in our lives. <laughs> uh, right. But until then, until then, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a little emotional right now. A little wound up. Have wound a good up. night. <laughs> good night. Have, have a good wee hours of the morning, more like it. <laughs> Sounds good. And we'll say good night. Good night. <laughs> That wasn't terrible. That was pathetic. Boo.